Hey guys, welcome back to this week's podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and encourages you. Be sure to check out our website to find out more about us. Here's today's message. Great to be back with you all this morning. Um, looking forward to being able to share a bit of my journey with you. Um, but I want to start this morning by asking all of us a, requ- a question to reflect on. And that's this What is it that you're carrying this morning? What challenge or struggle might be weighing heavy upon you? What thoughts or feelings are you wrestling with? I wonder if for some of us here this morning or online, uh, this is a bit of a raw and maybe even a little bit of a painful question for us to reflect on. I wonder if there's some here today who are feeling a bit tired and worn out. Maybe you've been super busy frantically running around, doing task after task, activity after activity, maybe even ministry after ministry. And you're kind of at the point of exhaustion, feeling like there's nothing left to give. Too weary or too maybe just too busy to give God the time of day. Or perhaps life has been really difficult for you lately. Maybe you've gone through some really painful and heartbreaking experiences that kind of left you a bit broken, a bit weary. Maybe all um, you can do, all you can muster up the energy to do uh, is just the bare essentials of life. Eating, sleeping, pooping, maybe checking Instagram. Or I wonder if there's some of us here this morning who are feeling a bit weighed down by worry and anxiety. Perhaps there's many burdens that you're carrying. Or maybe there's many things that you're fearful or concerned about. And sometimes they kind of paralyze you and you feel a bit stuck. Maybe there's some of us here who are experiencing or still experiencing the after effects of Two and a half years of this COVID drama. Maybe we've kind of returned a bit to life as normal um, after COVID and discovered that things aren't the same. The people and circumstances around us have changed and we're struggling with this new normal. Or perhaps we're struggling just to kind of reconnect and socialize with people again after so long in isolation. Or perhaps there are some of us who are feeling a bit passionless, a bit demotivated in life and faith, feeling a bit kind of blah about Christianity or going to church. And there was times when we felt excited and enthusiastic about these things, but at the moment we're just not feeling it. I wonder if you can relate to any of those things I've just described Or maybe there's something else you're carrying this morning, or maybe you're all sweet, and that's great. Praise the Lord. 
Um, but whatever it is this morning, I believe God is here with us and he's wanting to meet with each one of us in the midst of whatever we're feeling or carrying or struggling with this morning. And God's put some words of hopefully encouragement um, on my heart to share with you guys. And um, as part of that, I'm going to share a bit of uh, my journey that God's been taking me on over the last few months. Um, so a couple of months ago, I think it was just, um, just after Easter, uh, we kind of, me and Shani went into this kind of uh, interesting time, challenging time. Um, Shani kind of developed a bit of a cold, which, as it does these days, turns into COVID. And um, then the next day I tested positive, and we got a pretty rough dose of it, uh, fevers and coughs and all that. Um, and about a week after that, I um, woke up in the middle of the night and my eardrum burst and discovered that I had an uh, ear infection. And kind of two weeks on, we kind of were coming good a bit from all of that. And then I developed an, another flu, um, which kind of wiped me out all over again. And of course, Shiny caught that as well. Um, and then in the midst of all that, through kind of a series of unfortunate events, um, Shiny ended up with this bit of glass uh, in her eye. Um, so it was a pretty kind of tough six or seven weeks for us. Um, but far worse than the physical uh, things was what it was doing in my spirit. And um, I don't know about you, but when, I, when I'm feeling unwell, I tend to go into this kind of retreat mode where I cancel all events and just do the bare minimum to scrape by and then just devote my time and energy to, well, I don't really have any energy, but just to rest uh, and veg out. And while, you know, resting when you're sick is generally kind of a good thing, I've noticed that for me, when I go into this kind of rest mode mentality, uh, it kind of, and when it kind of extends beyond a couple of days, it can kind of be really negative. Um, and it certainly has been in that, that season of sickness. I kind of noticed a few things that were going on for me. The first was that I kind of went into the kind of task mode and just focused on getting, yeah, taking control and just getting things done um, as quickly as possible so I could rest. Um, and... Uh, in that kind of season, I was very busy at work, and so I was really having to kind of push through um, to kind of get everything done, and that kind of really drained me, as you can imagine. And then, yeah, the other, another thing I noticed was that uh, this kind of, my rest mode activities weren't really that life-giving. It was a lot, other than a bit of light reading, it was a lot of just binging on entertainment and social media um, and also during this time, I felt like I was still kind of doing my spiritual rhythms of prayer and uh, reading the Bible and watching church online. Um, but if I'm honest, I was just sort of going through the motions, uh, just ticking off these as another task to be done. And as I kind of reflect back on this sort of season, um, Yeah, and my endeavours to try to do everything in my own strength uh, left me pretty tired and left me feeling p 
pretty unmotivated and flat about many things, whether it's work or faith or ministry, and kind of retreating into entertainment uh, wasn't really helping the situation either. But uh, fortunately, uh, a couple of weeks later, Shani and I were able to go away on a bit of a holiday, and um, we took some time out to, to pray, um, to listen to God, and through this time, and, and in the time since, God's been kind of really speaking to me, um, beautiful things and revitalizing things for me again, renewing my strength and hunger for Him. And so this morning, I want to share three key truths uh, from God's Word and four steps that I took, um, which God is using to kind of help me through that struggle, and um, which I hope will be a blessing and encouragement uh, to us today, whatever it is that we're going through. Um, but before we get stuck into that, let, let me pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together to, to worship, to pray, uh, to open your word. And Lord, I just pray that whatever people are going through today, Lord, that these words, your truth, will be an encouragement. And as I share my, some of my story, that you would be working through it. Um, yeah, just whatever word or verse or um, thing that you want to say to people today, may you just highlight it as I speak and may you just be drawing us all to yourself this morning. In your name, amen. Cool, so the first key truth uh, or remind us of this morning is that God is awesome. And sometimes we need a reminder of this just how awesome he is. And um, yeah, the Psalms are a great place to kind of um, go when you need a reminder of that. And uh, in particular, Psalm 145, uh, which is one of our personal favorites, uh, is a great place. So um, Shani's going to come up now and, and read that if someone can give her a mic. Thanks, Shani. Psalm 145, verses 3 to 18, taken from the NIV. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, he has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. 
the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Awesome. Thanks. Can we thank my amazing wife. <laughs> Cool, so in this little passage, David sums up a whole bunch of amazing and awesome things about God. So he says that he is great, glorious, abundant in goodness, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, mighty, faithful, and righteous. And his kingdom is never ending. He does great, wonderful, and awesome deeds. He upholds, he lifts up, he opens his hands, he satisfies, and that he is near to all who call on him. What an incredible God he is so worthy of all our honour and glory and praise, worthy of giving our whole hearts and our whole lives to. And so whatever we are carrying this morning, whatever we are struggling with, how good it is to remind ourselves of his awesomeness and how worthy he is of all of our praise. And we can remind ourselves of his awesomeness in a bunch of different ways, through scriptures, like we've just read, um, or by reflecting back on our lives and remembering all the provision, all the goodness, all the faithfulness he's shown us in the many different seasons. Or we can simply step outside and look up at the sky, see the clouds, the sun, or the moon and the stars by night, and be reminded of how big and vast our God is. Or we can step out and look around at the many beautiful things he's created, the flowers, the birds, the trees, the animals, even other human beings. As we look at those things, we're reminded of his mighty, his might and his creativity And that even though we are so tiny and small and insignificant in the context of our humongous universe, yet he knows us each by name and he loves us and cares for each one of us. Which kind of leads into our second key truth that I want, you, want to remind you of this morning and that's this. God longs for deep and intimate relationship with us. The central event of the Christian faith screams out this truth to us, that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to lay down his life 
for each one of us so that we can have restored and intimate relationship with him. And in fact, throughout Jesus' ministry, we see him demonstrate God's incredible love for all people through his teaching, through his life, and through his actions. And this morning, I just want to draw our attention to one story that Jesus told about a generous father and his two sons. So if you can turn your attention to the screen, we're just going to watch um, the cartoon Bible explanation of this story. Jesus told them another story. Once a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, give me my share of the property. So the father divided his property between his two sons. Not long after that, the youngest son packed up everything he owned and left for a foreign country where he wasted all his money in wild living. He had spent everything when a bad famine spread through that whole land. Soon, he had nothing to eat. He went to work for a man in that country and the man sent him out to take care of his pigs. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating. No one gave him a thing. Finally, he came to his senses and said, My father's workers have plenty to eat, and here I am, starving to death. I will go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I am no longer good enough to be called your son. Treat me like one of your workers. The youngest son got up and started back to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. He ran to his son and hugged him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I am no longer good enough to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, Hurry, bring the best clothes and put them on him. Give him a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it so he can eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead but has now come back to life. He was lost and now has been found and they began to celebrate. The older son had been out in the field, but when he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants over and asked, what's going on here? The servant answered, your brother has come home safe and sound and your father ordered us to kill the best calf. The older brother got so angry that he wouldn't even go into the house. His father came out and begged him to go in, but he said to his father, for years I've worked for you like a slave and have always obeyed you. But you have never even given me a little goat so that I could give a dinner for my friends. This other son of yours wasted your money on prostitutes. And now that he has come home, you ordered the best calf to be killed for a feast? His father replied, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours but we should be glad and celebrate. Your brother was dead, but he's now alive. He was lost and has now been found. Mm. It's a beautiful story uh, where we see the father's deep love for both of his sons. And um, we see in the story the younger son leaves, uh, the father is no doubt deeply saddened and longs for his return. When the son does return, we see he can't contain himself, he comes running and sprints as fast as he can to be reunited with his son. 
wraps his arms around him, kisses him, and restores him as a son. No questions asked. And this interaction is a beautiful reminder of the deep desire of God to be in intimate relationship with each one of us. So if you're feeling a bit distant or disengaged from God today, maybe a bit too busy, a bit distracted, this story reminds us that no matter how distant we feel, He's right there, ready and waiting to reconnect with us. And the moment we turn to Him, He's going to come running. And also in this story, we see the father's love for the youngest, the oldest son, who's sitting outside the party, a bit upset and refusing to come in and join in the celebration. But his father just doesn't leave him there. He goes out to him, speaks to him, urges him, begs him to come in and join in the celebration. And when the older son voices his complaint, the father listens attentively, kindly responds and encourages him to come in. And so for those of us who are feeling a bit bitter, a bit frustrated, a bit hurt maybe or upset with God or maybe his church, it's a beautiful reminder of God's desire to come to us. All he wants to do is, is meet with us, whatever our frustration or pain or suffering might be. He wants to listen and speak to us and invite us in. God's longing for intimacy is also expressed through Jesus' call to come and follow him. He invites us to do life with him, letting go of our ways and allowing him to lead us in his ways and show us how to live life to the full. As Jesus beautifully expresses in Matthew 11, he says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in meeting the demands of our world, trying to measure up to the expectations of ourselves, our friends and family, Uh, our culture, we can get so busy and weary and burdened. Or maybe it's just me. But Jesus invites us not only into a relationship, but a new way of living, a way that's not heavy or ill-fitting, but full of love and peace and his incredible grace. A life full of and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This leads us to our third truth. God calls us to join him in his kingdom work. It's an incredible thing that the mighty and awesome king of the universe would not only desire a relationship with us, 
but would call us to come and follow him, to join him in his kingdom work. We see when Jesus called his first disciples to come and follow him, he told them that this new kingdom was coming and that he was establishing it. And as they journeyed together, he showed them what this kingdom was all about through his words, his story, his life, and his actions. The kingdom of love that all were invited into, even the outcasts and the foreigners, those on the fringe. It was a kingdom where he would bring about restoration, transformation, and healing in people's lives. He taught them the values and the ways of his kingdom and showed his disciples how to live that out. And when when he reached the end of his time here on earth, he left them with these instructions to go and share this good news of the kingdom, to invite others to come and follow Jesus too and to show them how to do it. As we read in Matthew 28, Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And God also invites us on this same journey of following him, of allowing him to teach and show us his kingdom values and ways. And he calls us to go and share this good news through our words, through our lives, and invite others to come and follow him and show them how to do that. This is an incredible invitation and call that God has given us. And what a privilege it is when we have that opportunity to journey alongside someone in this process. And yet, it is a calling that often we struggle with. I was reading this article the other week um, from Relevant Magazine, and it really got my attention and got me thinking. Um, The author, Grant Skilton, was saying, if God is not boring and Jesus was anything but boring and his early followers lived pretty radical lives, then why was, are there so many Christians feeling kind of bored or, um, yeah, apathetic in their faith? And um, he was kind of suggesting that maybe it's because they're not kind of living it the way it was meant to be, the way God intended. Uh, he explains... I think many older Christians were once born-again Christians and now they're kind of just bored-again Christians. They're waiting on the next message or conference or experience that will ignite their faith. Meanwhile, the Great Commission is at their doorstep. The reality is we're bored because we are disobedient. I bet painters who don't paint are bored. I bet dancers who don't dance are bored. I bet writers who don't write are bored. And I'm convinced that disciples who don't disciple are bored. Challenging stuff, hey. Feels a bit like a slap to the face. 
I know it did when I read it. But perhaps this is the kind of slap to the face that we need to kind of wake us up from this apathy, these feelings of boredom or weariness or busyness or distraction and to kind of help us refocus and recenter ourselves back onto God and his kingdom and purposes for us. As we follow him into this radical life that he calls us to, We'll be anything but bored. But I don't want to sugarcoat it either. Like life following Jesus is also pretty challenging, pretty difficult at times. And it it can be quite discouraging and deflating um, when we live in the midst of a culture that is very kind of self-centered and consumeristic and faith is kind of going in the opposite direction to that. And also where Christians are kind of viewed largely as a bit old-fashioned or judgmental or hypocritical. Um, but this only emphasizes more to me the great importance of prayer because it is only God that can draw people to himself and only him can, who can transform hearts and lives and minds. And so we need to pray for him to come and do his good work as we journey with him. Uh, recently, we've been reading through the book of Colossians, um, and we're deeply, Shani and I were both uh, deeply challenged by Paul's words uh, in Colossians 4, where he says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plans concerning Christ. This is why I am here in chains. Pray that I may proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And we're reading this and going, man, this great evangelist, Paul, is needing to ask God to open doors of opportunity and give him the words to say. Why why aren't we doing that? Um, You know, if we want to see God do incredible things in the lives of those around us, then we need to be devoted to praying for that, to praying for God to open doors and give us opportunities to share his good news, to pray that he'd give us the words to say. So, to those of us who are feeling a bit weary or worn out, going through pain or grieving, feeling a bit lifeless or apathetic or maybe even a bit bored, struggling with the after effects of COVID or struggling with anxiety or fear or whatever other burden or struggle we might be going through today. May we all remember these key truths, that God is awesome, that he longs for deep and intimate relationship with each one of us, and that he has called us to join him in this kingdom work. Whatever it is that we're carrying this morning, the good news is we don't have to stay in that place. We don't have to carry it alone. But we're able to bring whatever we're feeling, whatever we're going through to God, and know that he desires to meet with us in that place. Um, So I want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're going through, 
to take these four steps. Firstly, to acknowledge. Acknowledge where you're at, what you're feeling, what you're going through. To recognize what's going on in the, inside of you and to name that. And then to bring it, to bring it, whatever it is, to God. The feelings, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're experiencing, tell God about it and lay it down at his feet. And then listen. Listen to what God wants to say to you. Make time and space for him. Open your heart up to him and invite him to speak. See what he might have to say to you. And then finally, enact. As you hear what God is saying, enact whatever it is that he's speaking to you. Uh, whether it's a truth that he's giving you and trying to, and you need to remember that, or a myth, oh sorry, not a myth, a rhythm uh, to engage in, a change to make, an action to follow, whatever it is that he's saying, go action that. As I shared um, earlier, I was kind of going through this time of lacking kind of passion, of going through the motions, wearing myself out in by doing things in my own strength. And as I kind of identified this, I acknowledged it, I made the decision to bring that before God. I said, God, help me get through this. Help me get out of this space. And as I took time to listen to him, I sensed him telling me that one of the things I needed to do was to uh, step back from... Uh, some of the school's uh, ministry stuff I was doing on Friday mornings, and instead to take that time to just listen. And so since we got back from holidays, I kind of enacted that uh, each Friday morning, just getting away, going out in nature, and just opening my heart up to God, inviting Him to speak. And as I've done that, it's been so wholesome and encouraging and life-giving. He's reminded me of his greatness and his truth. And he's speaking into my life and into my situations, restoring passion and filling me afresh with his goodness and his love. And it all started by just drawing near to him, acknowledging where I was at, bringing those things before him, making space to listen and then enacting what he's saying. Uh, so as I wrap up this morning, I want to give you, us an opportunity to do just that. Uh, Rachel and the team are going to come up and play uh, this and sing this old hymn that reminds us of this precious gift of being able to draw near to God in prayer. And as they play, I want to uh, invite you to use this space to connect with God. Uh, to acknowledge the things that you're going through, the things that you're thinking and feeling, to bring them before him and allow him to start speaking into those. And um, before we do that, let me just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your wonderful truth that you are awesome, that you long for deep and intimate relationship with us, that you 
call us to follow you. You invite us to join you in your kingdom work, Lord. And we thank you that whatever it is that we're experiencing or might be struggling with this morning, you invite us to come to you, to bring those things and lay them at your feet and allow you to speak to us in those. Lord, help us to listen to what it is you might have to say to us and might want to do in and in us uh, this morning as we make space for that. In your precious name, amen. So what is it that you're carrying this morning? Whatever it is, I encourage you to take this time to draw near to him. Acknowledge where you're at. Bring it to him. Begin to listen to what he might have to say to you this morning.